Fans of L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, sit out. We have exciting news. Come be a live audience member next week, Sunday, March 1st, 2 p.m. And a 3 p.m. show, we're showing two 45-minute uh, films. It's going to be Mike Spiegelman and Carl himself. Carl, you're going to be there in person. In person. I'm flying out there for Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Not just Sunday. We will be doing four shows as part of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Six days of 56 shows, live comedians, live podcasts, all available for you to be in the studio audience or listen live at home all week. And we're going to be doing a show on Wednesday at 6 p.m. That's March 4th. We'll be watching The Rats Are Here. The Werewolves Are Coming. Uh, and we'll have comedians, all shows. And then Saturday, we're doing a show about San Francisco because our head is up our ass. And we'll be watching shorts from the, <laughs> about the city. And uh, it'll be exciting. And of course, you can listen to it at home. All you got to do is please donate to Mutiny Radio. Keep the lights on, please. Uh, either through our GoFundMe or through our Venmo account at Mutiny Radio. So it's the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Come by next week. Check out Eventbrite for tickets to see us next Sunday at 2 p.m., 3 p.m. What do you think? I think I'll be there. All right. Me too. YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Carl, I, I, I see God every time I hear your theme song. Just ah. my name <laughs> sung that way. I, I'm, in, I'm in outer space right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube, which you can find us on your podcast services by our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Type into your search engine. Discover our other social medias. And I'm very excited to be here. Carl, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. What are we watching today? Today we are going to watch Bugsy Malone, 1976. Bugsy Malone! 1976, that's what you put in your search engine. Only one G in Bugsy, don't be a dummy. Malone, it's like the word alone with an M in front of it. Wait. And I suggest Lola Gulick. All right, sounds good. Now, uh, Malone is with one L. Yes, like alone yeah. with an M in front of it. All right, sounds good. Lone. All right, so I have the Countdown King himself, the master of descending Perfect. numerals. Mr. Yeah. Uh, one to the listener three, two, one. Let's get ready to Brumbaugh. Paul Brumbaugh from the previous podcast that streamed here live on mutinyradio.fm as we all do Sundays. What's happening, Carl? What's happening, all crew? Right. 
Looking, uh, looking forward to our live appearance on your show next Sunday. Cannot wait. That's great, man. I, I'm looking forward to it too, man. I've got you on with Mike for two hours also. It's going to be a four-hour just fun fest. I also have, uh, uh, I believe, David Stolowitz joining us. So that's going to be good, man. And then we got Patrick Carlin. So, man, it's going to be crazy next week. Yeah, yeah. F- full, fully packed show. And maybe we'll convince you to stay for our movie. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm staying. I'm staying for the movies, man. That's going to be good, man. I, I, oh, I can't yeah. wait. You know, Paul is going to be here in person. Not, it's not just, by the way, I hope you enjoyed our opening. That was probably our most professional one. But we are going to be doing four live shows, and we want you, the audience, to come and check us out. And uh, Paul will be here in the studio doing the countdown, as well as playing audio cues by request, Carl. So we could say... Paul, play the audio, and Paul will play the audio. Oh, the slide those little sliders up, and you guys will get to listen. <sighs> Isn't that nice? Last year, someone slide the sliders down, and you couldn't hear half our live show. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool, dude. Yeah, not cool. All right, hey, uh, Carl, are you still there? Yeah. All right, so we are going to watch Bugsy Malone uh, movie. The premise of our podcast, by the way, is that I read about these movies, and never seen it, and now they're on YouTube. I read about this movie, and I've seen clips. It's, I think everyone's seen this movie in their childhood. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it. And now that you actually mentioned it and talked about yeah. it, I'm like, I remember this now. All right, so let's do it. So go ahead, Paul, please. All right, let's do this thing. You guys know the drill. Put your finger over that little triangle and let's do this thing in three, two, one, go. Launched. Here we go. Launched. Some purple Initiated. haze. Granada. Hey, thank you. International. Whoever, yeah, whoever cracked this video, it's pretty rank. That guy's aren't playing on your side. You yeah, play yeah. In the beginning. The uh-huh. rank organization. Was, yeah, his armpits. I was gonna say are in free rank. <laughs> Pretty rank. Yeah, no, there's audio playing on this side. You don't worry about this side. So here we are in reality. Do they make all the sets really small too? No, they. Well, <laughs> no. Well, wait a minute. Before we even start, Carl, what's the gimmick of this movie? They're all kids. Now, this is a set. This is not New York City. It's Pinewood what? Studios in in, Lund- in England. Pinewood Studios? The, the rule is children cannot work at night. At least it was in 1976. So they had to construct New York City. It's real steam. It's like blah, 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 tons of concrete. Wow. Now, Eyes Wide Shut, which was a film shot in Pinewood Studio in 19, in the 90s, was also used, uh, had a fake New York set. I wonder if they used portions of this movie. I don't think so. I saw a, uh, before they were famous, documentary about this film, and right. they went back there, and it was all empty. I don't know about the 90s. You could be right, but uh, it's uh, well, also kind of now, when uh, you very said, 40s. Now, you said now we're in there then. So this is a gangster movie with children. But these children actors, you know, they whether or not they become actors later in life is not really, it's their call. But a lot of these kids are famous now, right? Yeah, a lot of them went on. Well, not a lot. I mean, Scott Baio, this was his first big role. Well, okay, he, so yeah. we just saw a gang do a mob hit. Yeah. They did it with cream pies. <laughs> and then they skipped out. Like death is exciting. <laughs> yep. Come on, it your is face. Cream pies. Good times, enterprises. So, uh, and Alan Parker. This is his first movie. Alan Parker, of course, director of Pink Floyd: The Wall. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There you go. We talked about it. And this is his debut, his directorial debut. Which is such a crazy way to start. So right there, we have Scott Baio and Jodie Foster. And by the way, he was embarrassed about this film for years, even though it won all these awards and was hugely successful in in, uh, the U.K. Right. He uh, even did, uh, there were things about his life, like biographies and documentaries, and he excluded this. Yeah, it is little cars, and oh, that's funny. It's okay cars. Well, I mean, there is kind of a creeper element to this whole idea because you're fetishizing kids. Well, now it might be considered weird. Then it was considered art. Well, all right. So they're playing cowboys and Indians, right? No, no big deal. But they're, I mean, so but they're getting. It's a world where they're shooting people with cream pies, and then you have like, (laughs) do you have singers? Do you have like uh, femme fatales in this movie? Yeah. All right. Well, how old is the Femme Fatale? Hey, Paul it's my Williams. Buddy. It's my buddy, Paul Williams. Paul Williams is... Uh... It is. He does the whole music for the whole thing. And the voice of the, the singers are adult voices. It really kind of doesn't go. Weird. So Scott Baio sings. It's actually someone else. It might be... Is it Paul Williams? <laughs> Very often it's Paul Williams, but there's also, um, I don't know, an African-American singer, and there are female singers. Wow. And they're all adults. And they're all adults, and it kind of does it. The thing is, Alan Parker was like, like a week away from the rehearsals. They did three, they did two full months of rehearsing for this, so it was too late for him to uh, go back. So they had to stick with the adult voices and pretended they did it on purpose. Now, look, he just went into a library, but it's not a library. It's what a speakeasy for kids. It's Fat Sam Speakeasy. They had like a, a Jewish librarian there, a seven-year-old Jewish librarian. Uh, Mr. Parker, watch out! Hold hold the camera steady. Oh, so they got the is little the piano kid man. Player? Yeah. His name is Michael Jackson. Okay, that's a nice name. But it's not the Michael Jackson. When I was going through the casting crew, it said Razzmatazz, Mike Jackson. I was like, no what? way! How, how come I never heard of this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, did a forget. little research and no, it was not Michael Jackson. He sang the fucking theme song to then the sequel to Willard. I mean, he, I, I, and who was in The Wiz. I mean, I would, you know, yep. yeah, it'd be great. Oh, well. But this movie doesn't, so they're all gangsters, so they all kill people and they all have violence and they all, they all play off. The, see, for me, like this movie, like when I, I have seen like bits and pieces, but for me, it's always like, we live in real life. We watch movies. Movies are entertainment. We know movies are our community, international language. Some movies comment on movies themselves. They're meta movies. And as long, mm-hmm. as long as they're grounded, let's have some fun, right? So, but I don't know if this movie's ever grounded. Like, why? what's the point of having kids do all this stuff? Well, he was, um, Alan Parker, before he was the director, he was, okay, there would be this, long drive he would take to a summer home with his four children and he would tell them stories and he started telling the story of Bugsy Malone from all the movies that he's seen before now this movie has nothing to do with Bugsy Malone's real life nothing to do with it at all but um, it was one of his kids who said dad why don't you have the actors be children and he said what a great idea and he said, what a great idea. And it is. It's funny. Then, then and this I, guy, Fat Sam, is hilarious. He's Right now he's bossing, bossing people Here around. Comes, boss. Let's listen. Uh, you know, it's you so know you're a great uncle, lad. The trouble is you don't have muscle, you got to have brains. But pet 
than you, you great thumb salami. <laughs> all right. So the kids are also like young ethnic uh, stereotypes, right? Okay. So this guy we're watching, Fat Sam, yeah. right? Alan Parker went to Brooklyn on a search. He went into some of these elementary schools. He said, who is the naughtiest kid? Who's the baddest kid in this class? And all the kids pointed at Fat Sam. Uh, <laughs> his name's John Cassini. He was an unknown. So this whole talk like this, that's him. Wow. There's Good. Michael Jackson. What's up, Thrilla? That's not the different Michael Jackson. Wasn't there it like is some different Michael Jackson? Wasn't there like some weird white uh, conservative radio show host named Michael Jackson or something like that? There was another Michael Jackson, and he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm a white guy, and I don't think, uh, and I write a newspaper column." I don't know about that. Uh... But some some people with like famous names, I'll keep the name because it's like their field is so far from the actual name. And also, it kind of makes them get remembered. Right. Well, that's the reason why I changed my name to Jody Foster, because I don't think there has been an insurance inspector with that name. Smart. Yeah. We do have a comedian here named Matt Broderick, Matthew Broderick. He does uh, Wait, yeah, he's oh, really good at impressions. But there is a Matthew Broderick uh, known in the field of entertainment. Live from, do you say like live from uh, Broadway? It's, no, no, he just, he doesn't even address it, you know? Yeah, right. Um, we also have a John McGinley, and I think we talked about that when we saw him on uh, uh, Adam Horowitz's movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 The Lost <laughs> Angels. Yeah, there's a John McGinley comedian here in Jersey. Well, very cool. So we are listening and uh, enjoying a Paul Williams original, I'm sure. They're like, we uh, fall in love with you, though we're seven. It's that damn speakeasy theme song. Oh. Yeah, that's right. It's always annoying to go to Fat Sam's and you have to hear the theme song. It's like, I, I heard it last <laughs> week. Seriously, though, you will hear it four or five times in this movie. Fat wow. Sam's, Grand Slam, speakeasy. <laughs> Anybody wow. who's anyone will soon walk through that door at Fat Sam's, Grand Slam. We need someone to act in Smoking the Bandit too. How about Paul Williams? I don't know if it would be appropriate. Here, check out this movie. All right. There's Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. I was going to try to attract listeners by posting a picture of Scott Bayo and then have a link to our show. Like a current picture. Fans now, Scott Bayo. Bayo had been an actor, but he was not a big deal at all. This was his first serious thing. Was he a commercial he, um, actor? He would like, you know, his parents would be like, you're going to this audition. And he just wanted to play with his friends. But one day it was a rainy, rainy day in New York. So he did it. He went into the city. And Alan Parker was like English with weird long hair. And in the interview, Scott Bale was like, I don't even know what English was, you know. He's like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't like this place. And he throws the script at Alan Parker and storms out. Before wow. he got back to home, he had had he got the part. Wow, he was acting like he was Chachi before he was Chachi. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's he's the real McCoy, this Chachi. This Chachi. So so Scott Bale, and then he, yeah, he did a roller boogie, right? That was seventy eight as well. He seems really young in this. This is him. Every actor in this is under seventeen. 
He must be like 12, 13, 14 at this point. So nuts. Look, here comes guns. It's Dandy Dan's gang. They're shooting uh, uh, beanbags. No, cream pies at everyone. That's right. Yeah. They did a lot of experimenting to make these guns work, and in the end, they didn't work. Um, Yeah. They shot wax balls of cream, but it would hurt when they hit you. as a matter of fact, they had the assistant director like test it, and he stood there, and they shot him, and it hit his forehead, and he's six foot tall and 200 and something pounds, and he fell right over. He had a big red mark on his head. So anyway, what they do is they shoot it with the wax balls, and, but when you see the cream pies hitting people, it's really just stagehands throwing cream pies at people. That, you know, I would love to get paid to throw shit at kids, you know? <laughs> Uh-oh, I don't trust this barber shop. Yep, you're right. Yeah. You're right not to. Well, for, are they going to give the kid a shave first? We see a little straight edge action. So what's happened in the very first scene, we saw the execution by cream pie of... Uh, Some nerd the, kid. I forget the name, but it's, it, was, it was Fat Sam's top henchman, okay? So then Fat Sam was like, how could this happen? You know, and Dan, Dandy... Dan's gang shows up and shoots up the speakeasy. So there's a now a gang war. It looks like they're playing miniature golf and they got these cool little golf carts. Yeah. It's like, all right. Uh, these cars to- were very expensive to make. They cost as much as a real Mini Cooper in the day. See how they're pedal cars? That's so nuts. So these are custom built functional cars custom for this movie. Built. I need a new car design. Is it for a new society? Nah, some of all kids' version of Bugsy Malone. <sighs> I hate my job. Wah wah wah. Wah wah wah. Carl, I want you to design a new kind of transportation that's powered by bicycle. A child on a bicycle. Great, that would be terrific for our society. What what new utopia is for Bugsy Malone? Directed <laughs> by Alan Parkin, which he'll later disavow. Right, but now they're doing like you know, Godfather, right? Da, na, 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 na. See, so somebody threw that cream pie at him. That's a lousy barber shop. I mean, you know, you have to clean up all that brain and and blood and cream off of the window, off the mirrors. Right. Yeah. Now these those cars go about ten miles per hour maximum. They were hand built, as you know, and they cost as much as a real car, but. The internet says they only work with one por- person driving on board, uh, but not with any passengers. And so if you look carefully in some scenes, you can see the feet of several prop men at the back of the cars pushing them. But I don't agree with the internet. I see lots of scenes with multiple people in the car, and they're not getting pushed. You really you really think there's like a kid on a bicycle? Old Hunchback Lumpy, as they now call him after the set shot. Now look, he dropped his gun. You see that? Yeah. That's bad. So unprofessional. That was unprofessional. Yeah. If I was a supervillain. He's going, no comment. No comment. I'm leaving. Yeah. Is it because you're not allowed to say? He goes, no, it's because I don't know. Now, listen, I'm late for my bar mitzvah lessons. Huh. All right. That's the no police comment. chief. And who the source of the guns? No comment. Captain Smolsky, is it true you believe the gun is being used by... 
So everybody I know has seen this movie and they love this movie or they remember this as a child. Right. And it's so weird because I do remember like maybe a smiling Scott Baio and a Jodie Foster at a nightclub. And I do remember like, you know, whipped cream getting hit. But that's about it. I don't remember a song. I don't remember a plot. Well, it's all here. Okay, <sighs> now on the right is Blousey Brown. Okay, and that's Jodie Foster. And she's, and she no, and she's come to New York to be a singer, and she bumps into Scott Bayo, and he takes a liking to her, and she's like, you know, beat it, Buster, uh, and but this movie's really about their love affair. Oh, all right. I feel kind of creepy watching this. Mike, you have to stop that. All right. There's nothing. I mean, what in the world? Everything in the world offends you. There's nothing sexual going on here at all. Listen, you know, you're, abs- you're absolutely sheet. right. If I can read the comic strip Love Is and not feel creeped out, I should be able to watch Bugsy Malone and not feel <laughs> creeped out. <laughs> you know Love Is? Now, it's like two naked kids talking about love. <laughs> It was a single yeah. panel. It was next to Joey Adams yeah, in the New York Post. And it, yeah, yeah. It, it was like for a time, it was on every Valentine's Day card, maybe yes. for one year and a row. One year, right? Okay, that's love. Is thank you. <laughs> so basically, he's charming her, and he's finally getting her to sit down and have a meal. Now, later on, Jodie Foster will sing like a sexy song, right? But it'll be the most unsexy song you ever heard. I mean, she oh. just. She doesn't do it well. I, and that's not the right way to say it. The song itself is a sexual song, but believe me, she conveys no sexuality. She's, she's All a, right. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm, 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 I'm stopping my protest. I'm, I'm putting down my protest sign. I stopped writing on it. Okay. Now let's listen to Jodie Foster. He's like, come on, let's go in the car. Hi, take off. You spend more time putting yourself up than there is time in the day. Listen, honey, if I didn't look this good, you wouldn't give me the time of day. I'll see you in the car. That's all I wanted you to hear. She's she's full of 1940s witticism. I have to go home. Please, goodbye. I promise you tomorrow, okay? Okay, so he's sweeping and he's a tap dancer. And he's like, boss, can I give you my audition? And he goes, tomorrow, tomorrow. Every single day, he says tomorrow. Oh, so the and, poor guy is in, has to keep sweeping the floor. And that's and the same thing is happening to Lousy Brown. Tomorrow, I'll hear your audition. Tomorrow. So now he's going to sing a song about tomorrow. Is, is it about I the sun? It's Paul Williams. It does it regard the sun? What, what what would happen to the sun tomorrow? I mean, uh, it'll come out. Well, really, tomorrow. Are you sure? That's your bottom dollar, man. That what? That tomorrow there will be sun. When? Tomorrow. 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 The sun will come out. When? Tomorrow. Oh, it's when is that? Away, oh, all right. <laughs> okay, give two seconds to his song. It's a bad song. Fun to be a dancer now, yeah. Tomorrow never comes tomorrow. But the sun will come out. Carl, tomorrow. I think, doesn't that take place? This is supposed to be 1929. Uh, no, I think I think Annie took place in the Depression, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I, when that movie came out, I was in the best of spirits, but yeah. Quite <laughs> <laughs> that funny. That's not funny. <laughs> Wait, which movie are you talking about? The woman, Jamie Foxx? That took place in modern day America. Uh-huh. It was a, recent, a remake of Annie. It was really good. There's his tap dance shoes. Yeah, great. And she's turning in the song. Uh, who is she? She has no other part in the entire film. There's there's about three or four irrelevant scenes. This scene isn't irrelevant because it sets up that Blousey Brown can never get an audition. Right. But they dra- it goes it's 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 akin to irrelevant because it's so long and it's full of. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, who is she? We should have, we're just meeting her. She should be part of the movie if we just need her now. Is she but... supposed to be like Jerry Foster's maid or assistant? Like, because he walked no. out of there? All right. He did, she did say, come on, let's go, but. Right. But. Her porter. Yeah, well. So so far, all the all the African American roles, the black roles, are uh, tap dancing janitors. Uh, Mike, you know what? everything yeah, offends you, man. You're crazy. Yeah. This is 1929. What do you want him to be president? <sighs> I guess you're right. Everyone was in a depression back then. <laughs> depression hadn't come yet. Oh, it was really <laughs> they were giddy. Oh yeah, that's right. The 1920s. You're talking about 100 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that cool? All that eccentric bullshit we read about in the 1920s, that's 100 years old. It's 100 years old. I was thinking about Absolutely. that. Like, what do you know about the 20s? People would wear fur coats and uh, eat goldfish and stuff themselves in phone booths. Who the fuck right. wears... what? sitters. Yeah. First off, who the fuck wears a... Uh, 100 years later, I don't see anyone wearing no fur coat. Any men? Nope. I don't see anyone holding a pendant and driving around in a jalopy. And uh, I don't see people going, eating, like, sticking their hand and eating goldfish or walking into the fish store. As I'm sorry. It's just an it hasn't happened. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, but you do see people driving cars, and you do see people talking what? on phones. Yeah, what a world we live in. you see people see living in high-rises, and you do see roads and traffic. I but mean... When was the last time you saw collegiates stuff themselves into a phone booth? Never? Never? What fad have you seen? Have you ever been in a flash mob? I don't know what a flash mob is. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's like surprise synchronized uh, dancing in a public location. Oh, that's what they call that? I, yeah. I've never seen it live. I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah. Do you see the movie? What a feeling. Flash mob. Got I see. get it. Yeah. Is that why they call it? Is, was the first flash mob that song or something and well it took so long to do it they said this is like waiting for flash to load and you know the rest uh isn't there was i don't know isn't it wasn't there something called flash the adobe add-on yeah that's what i was saying a flash mob it took 20 <laughs> minutes to get ready and then it was not compatible for the location thank you so it was a joke that- you're well. That yeah. was very funny. No. Now we're learning that Blousey wants to be a movie star, and we're learning that Bugsy is 
he's basically unemployed, but what he does is he tries to find boxers. He's like a boxing, not promoter, but a manager kind of person. He used to be a boxer, but he was very bad at it. But he could see talent in others. Uh, years and of getting is, hit in the face, you know, at 12 years old, I had to retire. What? What so ringing? The, one of the irrelevant scenes I talked to you about, he's going to find a boxer and, like, train him. And it's, like, completely irrelevant to the plot. Okay, now, he's got no money to pay, right? But Blousey was starving. So he's calling the operating saying, I think this line is out of order. Could you call me back and test it? Oh, I was watching the movie Saturday the 14th with Richard Benjamin and Paula Presis. And one of the jokes is that a uh, 13-year-old girl, 14-year-old girl is taking a bath, a bubble bath. It's a little awkward. But she's about to stick her foot in the bubble bath, which has a monster in it. And the phone mm-hmm. rings. And she gets out of the bath and she picks up the phone and the... Uh, the person on the other line says, hello, this is the phone company. And the little girl says, you got me out of the bath for that? <laughs> what is that? That's a joke? Yeah, that was a joke. Like, yeah, no shit. You're the phone company. The phone rings. You pick it up. Who else would it be? you the phone company. I'm talking to you on the phone. Okay, did you see what he did? Yeah, he locked her in the booth. Right. So he's run away without paying. Now... I made front page news. The story is there is a new weapon. It's, you know, it's called the splurge gun. And it's what we were talking about. Oh, so it's more cream at a faster rate? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's supposed to be like the Tommy gun, right? Used to have bullets. And now you have bullets. You can clearly hear the cast when they throw it. Fuck you, kids. Splurge. It's since puberty hit, this gun has attacked the whole nation. Over 1,000 cream pies thrown during the making of the movie, 1,000 gallons of synthetic cream were used. Huh. Not since the Peter North video. Right? Do you know that foreign actor? Yeah, that one you know. That reference I don't need to explain. I had to explain right. Flash to you, but you're like, Peter North? That 80s sports star who comes a lot? Yeah. So um, they were using uh, shaving cream in the splurge guns because it worked better for them, but it stung the eyes. The development of the splurge guns took three months' work by special effects uh, experts at the Pinewood Studios. A gunsmith was consulted to solve the very complex ballistics problem yeah of being able to shoot the custard pie without first splurging the firer anyway they what didn't they really thinking? 100% work it out in the end it's ping pong balls and then they just throw uh, uh, cream pies at people also where did they get the tailor to make all these suits for these kids it was tailor made yeah like those suits must cost as much as a car as well. Now that's Dan, Dandy Dan. Ah. Okay, and he's—you can see how obviously rich, rich, rich he is. Oh yeah. Well, he's wearing a cologne. They're wearing oh no, they're jockey hats. So a string walks into a bar, and the bartender says, "We don't serve any string here." And the string says, "Well, how about if I uh, tie your nuts up and make you come harder?" 
And the bartender says, oh, you're a silly string. Or he could say, uh, why don't I do something like a uh, child like the silly? And then they'll say, that's a silly string. I thought of that joke when you mentioned the shaving cream. And I thought gotcha. maybe silly string will work. And then I remember mm-hmm. that joke about, you know the joke about the rope that walks into a bar? Uh, I said, we don't serve rope here. And can I give you some plot points? No. Uh, okay. Do you know this joke? Go ahead. Real, <laughs> go ahead. Tie your balls up. No, there's no ball tying this. All right, go ahead. Give me the plot. Well, all right. Well, I just want you to turn on the sound at one point. Not yet. Right. Okay, so this famous annoying actress quit this uh, play, and now they're, like, trying to find new talent. And so Blousey's taken a shot. And these are all the auditions. And the joke is about the them just going next, next. But when she shows up and says, I've changed my mind. I'm giving you one more chance. I want you to hear her voice. All right. Sounds good. But uh, what an asshole. Do you think this is the actual casting director of this movie? And they're like, <laughs> we got a roll from you. Reject the loser number six. You're terrible. You're in the audition scene. You'll be perfect for this movie and the assholes who failed. <laughs> okay, now right. it's Blousey's turn and she's going to do a very good job singing and they're, you know, but then uh, uh, well, the star th- will show up again. Her name is Lana. All right. And All right. the woman's name is Bonnie Langford. Yet. Yeah, Bonnie Langford, yeah. And she be- went on to become a real child star in the 70s. Um, and then she was all over Broadway and she was on that soap opera, the East Enders. She becomes there. Let's listen to it. All right. Lena, honey, you come back to me. I'll give you one more chance. You hear me, Oscar? Otherwise, I'm out for good. Out, out, out. I'm not being humiliated in this place. You know, I am the star and I should be treated like it absolutely all the time. Whew. I'm not that kid's fair. There's no uh, business like show business. Like. So now Blousey's going to have a breakdown. Uh, it's just not for this business. They really just choose up kids. I mean, they come in the, the system like four or five years, and then, you know, they leave. They look like they're 19, 20. It's really disgusting. Just eats out a lot. Now, she was doing this scene, and it just she wasn't getting mad. It just wasn't real, like in her character, right? Right. So Alan Parker, like after like 15 takes, he takes her aside really angry and he can choose her out, you know, and says, you get in there and you do that thing. And then she went in there and she was all upset and everything. So she did the scene great. And then after it, Alan Parker was like, listen, I love you, darling. I just, I wasn't mad at all. You know, he's kissing her cheek. I, I just did that to get you crazy and it worked. Yeah, no, I remember that lawsuit when she sued him. And then he kicked the dog and he said, listen, dog, I, I want you to wake up. And that's the only reason why I kicked you. And there he was. So what's the story about Dapper Dan? Is he like uh, connected to the mob? Yeah, well, he is his own like family, Dandy Dan. And basically that's the whole plot of this film is 
he is muscling in on Fat Sam's business, and he's taking over one piece at a time. Okay. He looks like Michael Sarah. So now he's thanking everybody. And see, look, he gives the flowers, but look, he skips the guy. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the guy Neither. who drops the gun. Oh, yeah, he's not going to... Gonna... he shakes his hand, and he skips the guy. Shit, that doesn't look good. I don't think this kid's going to live past 13. <laughs> uh, I think everyone's great. This is me working at a startup. Oh, you're not going to acknowledge me? I'm right in the room. That's some tech bro response. Now, the guy who plays uh, Dan, the Dan, he did go on to uh, um, do other movies, but they were all 70s movies, and then he went away. He died at like 34, real early. Wow. Yeah, like, I mean, Scott, I would say on the American actor side, I mean, Scott Bayo and, well, Jodie Foster did uh, remain in this profession for her entire life, practically. It's insane. Well, yeah. This producer would go on to produce Foxes, which was with Scott Bayo and Jodie Foster. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They were in another movie, Foxes. That was the summer camp movie? No. No, I think in Little Darlings, but... Uh... Oh, wow. Um, David Putnam was his name. Foxes, 1980, which I never saw, but it was a huge movie at the time. Yeah, no, I remember the ads. I just I, I knew it was kind of risque or some bullshit. Yeah, it was. That's the one that you could be uh, upset about. Okay, I'm aghast. Oh, they're singing now, again. What, what we have here is four young men who cannot dance. And <laughs> they had to make it work. I've seen better dancing on Sha Na Na. And I saw the reunion show where they... Oh, you did? All got together, these four, and they tried their dance again. They must have been much it was, better. It, well. <laughs> they had all those decades to rehearse. And they stole cabbages while dancing? That's fucking that asshole fame kids. Well, they're saying we're so good at being bad. Uh, we could have been anything. Shame. You just stole the cabbage. Right. Shame. Wow. So this is a uh, this is pretty good. I don't okay, think I could dance good. better. I'm glad you think so. You're looking at take sixty take sixty seven. <laughs> right. Alan now Park. one of the kids just couldn't get it. He couldn't get it. He couldn't get it. So they re they changed things and they like gave him this carpet to hold on to. You'll see. Okay, here we go. Well, you know, I've done a lot of musical numbers back in my day, especially as a kid. And I was the guy holding the megaphone who was fake singing. And I was the guy in the back, you know, here and there. So I, I can relate. All right, here he goes. Get the carpet. Right. He couldn't, that guy right there, he couldn't, just couldn't do it. It was supposed to be a five-man dance. Oh, they said, fuck you. <laughs> we don't have time. Well, they had to move forward. I mean, this thing took 12 weeks to shoot. I mean. 12 weeks. Yeah, it was long. And. These kids had a blast, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I think as a kid, it would be fun to be part of it. Yeah. But I mean, like, all right, so let's say it's uh, 1976 and Carl's got a date. Would you bring a date to this movie? I don't know. I was 10 years old in 76. 
Um, oh, well, would you see this movie in 76? Did you, were you aware of this movie yeah, in 76? Yeah, sure. I, I didn't. I would see it, sure. You know, in the U.S., it was, it was not released well. Um, Bad News Bears was about six months old. And oh, Jodie Foster. They released it as a double feature with Bad News Bears. I don't know why. Well, Jodie Foster. in the U.K. and Japan. Jodie Foster. She was in Bad News Bears, wasn't she? Uh, no. She was not. Whoa, was she in Bad News Bears Go to Japan? Basic training? No, no, no. Huh. Who, who? No, she wasn't part of that franchise. I know who you're thinking of. Right. It was a young Jody Falls. Oh, it was uh, Tatum O'Neill? No. Could be, yeah. All right, I what forget. happened? Different movie. So now Fat Sam's saying, okay, here's why things aren't working out. And he tells the one guy to go in the corner. Because me, boss, you know. Yeah, yeah, Butterfingers. Get in the corner. What do I do, boss? Oh, no. And he goes, see, even a lug him like, I miss, even a lughead like him was able to, our weaponry is not modern. We need those guns. Oh, he's got, yeah, as children, we got to learn how to splooge, trust me. Splurge, splurge gun. Splurge gun. It's not a splooge gun, that's. What'd you, what'd you say, John Holmes? No. Uh, Whoever you God say. damn it. Peter North, right? All right, yeah, there we Peter go. North. Let's mention the name again. Let's mention the name again. Kid, do you mind? I'm on my desk phone. The one I keep in a drawer. So yeah, he well, has an like old-timey phone. phone. Yeah, a secret phone, which is a rotary yeah. with a regular receiver. But on his uh, yeah. desk, he has the old-timey one with his separate... He's got like secret money. He probably has a cell phone in his pocket. Now, that phone call was an informant who's told them all were the splurge guns. And he goes, not you, Knuckles. You stay here with me. Oh, because Knuckles is going to die? See, Knuckles, he keeps on crashing. Is this a Chinese laundry? Yeah. It's all right. All right. What, you you can get all offended now. Go ahead. No, that's all right. I'm glad they got uh, rolled for everybody. This is Planet Earth, Mike. Planet Earth. Yeah. Well, 100 years ago, maybe you're right. Yes, Exactly. Now, in 2120, it's probably going to be the greatest Spiegelman Earth you ever saw. But we're on our way. We're <laughs> I don't think they would way. ever make this movie. How come we have, have we seen other movies where children play adults and they sing and dance? Newsies, maybe? But those are about kids. Yeah, but that is about kids. Uh, what movie have you seen where kids play adults? Uh, well, I guess National Lampoon's Open Micers did that. Oh, our movie, National Lampoon's Open Micers? Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to make that movie with you just because it's National Lampoon. Now, look. It was a surprise. Splurge Guns, but it was a setup. But the Splurge Guns came to them. Wow. But don't you think the people standing there, they're shooting in behind each other? Aren't they going to hit each other? Clatter? There's no friendly fire. I'm saying the kids are not hitting each no other. No friendly fire. Look, he's cracking his knuckles. Crank, he's crank. like, don't do that. He goes, but that's how I got my nickname, boss. So now Fat Sam will speak to him in Italian. And he goes, I, I don't know Italian. I'm Jewish. And he goes, well, read the subtitles then. All right. I'm waiting for this joke. That leaves you showing me, Knuckles. The whole gang is gone. What are we going to do, boss? Don't do that. I can't help it. That's my nickname, annoying asshole. Harry's going to speak in Italian. But I got go. But, but, but. Uh, what does that mean, boss? You can't speak Italian. No, boss, I'm Jewish. Then read the translations. Oh. Oh, all well, this is good. <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> I like when movies do that. Uh, Volunteers did that, made a subtitle joke where the subtitles, the characters reference the subtitles. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Wasn't there like a Keanu Reeves movie where he's like, in, he or a movie where someone's like, oh, Danny Darko, I think, had subtitles where he could read. No. No? Oh. I don't think so, because Danny Darko was not a comedy that stepped out of... Well, he had some trippy shit with that little bunny rabbit. Oh, yeah, he was... He, that guy was he schizophrenic. Balls. Yeah. Schizophrenic. Okay, That's now... That's your answer to everything. Okay. Now, uh... Okay, Scott Bayo has come to see Sam to try to get Blousey an audition. And we're going to find out that Jodie Foster has a thing for Bugsy Malone. And in real life, uh, they did a little bit of kissing. Uh, it was either once or twice at the uh, Sheraton Hotel where they were staying. Like around 8 p.m., they would sneak away and then they, <laughs> in the hallway they kissed. Is this according to your home uh, movies from 1976? This, this is according to Jodie Foster herself uh-huh. uh, and Scott Baio. In their interviews in before they were famous. Now Scott Baio, of course, is known for more for his uh, internet uh, account and, and his politics. But he had an interesting like. I don't, did you ever see a reality show he did called like Scott Baio is forty five and single, and it's him on like dates. Really? Yeah. That, no. no. But th- that to me is like probably the, the the pinnacle of reality TV. That show. Uh, yeah, he, okay. uh, yeah. If you turn it on, you'll oh, hear this is as sexy as it gets. lovely black guys if fast Sam catches us. How about smearing my lipstick? Careful, Tallulah. You call me close, I have to call my lawyer. Now, Blousey comes in and sees this little, and she's like, oh, my goodness. Oh. Foster. Blousey, wait. So Jodie Foster actually became a movie director. Uh, did she direct? Uh, yeah, she I, did. You know, I did not look up Scott Baio and Jodie Foster. I, I just felt well, we, like... We know everything the that they did. Yeah, oh, they right. did. But Scott Baio, so what is he known for? So he, he did uh, Happy Days, right? He was Chachi. And then there was a right. spinoff, Jodie Loves Chachi. And then mm-hmm. he did a, I think he did another sitcom. Oh, Charles in Charge. What the fuck's wrong with me? He did the movie Zapped. And then he did, uh, uh, he wasn't in Zapped again, which I do recommend. But he also was in uh, Charles in Charge with his Zapped co-star, uh, William Ames. And uh, that was on for years. And then I think he did another one where I always feel like he played the president or some shit. And then uh, he might have done Celebrity Apprentice. I think he uh-huh. was one of the guests. But he had a lot you of. You recommend re- Zapped or Zapped? I said you said Zapped again. Zapped again is, is the sequel, and I don't think it was theatrically released. I saw it on USA Network. It, it has different characters, but it's the same premise. This guy has telekinetic powers; it can lift uh, teenage girls' dresses up, especially when they're oh bending over. And uh, in fact, like one of the original women that Scott Baio did shows up in the sequel. He's like, "Oh no, not again!" But uh, this guy has this ability, and he works at a hot dog. Uh, fast food place and he has like a little wiener he has a giant wiener on top of his head like a hot dog wiener <laughs> on a baseball cap great movie it's apt again thanks for asking um, I saw um, uh, Alan Smythe you, you, you told me about that movie oh and I, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing it was 
not terrible. funny. It was terrible. Yeah, burn Hollywood, burn an Alan Smithy film. Right. And it's a right. documentary where the characters explain the plot to the camera. And uh, did you stay in long enough to see Jackie Chan in it? Uh, no, no. Uh, yes, yes. I, he's like, I don't die. And there was Whoopi Goldberg and Sylvester Stallone. Right. And they're like, uh, what was the movie? They did a movie together and they're like, uh, don't fuck with me. Don't yeah, fuck with pow. me. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with us. Yeah, that's a tough movie. I saw that in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen this film. Okay, so basically, uh, Blousey got the part because of her talent, but she's uh, jealous, and so she's running away from uh, from uh, Bugsy Malone. So Bugsy's got to win her back. Now, look, the gang's dead. You see the the four gang guys in there? Yeah. They're they're cardboard shaped. What Sam is doing is, is like pretending it's business as usual. It can't let him see that we're on the run. Now, this is the only time we find out that if you get hit by a cream pie, you disappear or something. Oh, good. Yeah, I want to hear about that. Which was the case for the real Bugsy Malone. He got hit by a cream pie and disappeared. And coins came out. The real Bugsy Malone established Las Vegas with his hotel. Well, he was, people would, would derisively say he's crazy. That's how he got the nickname, right? It wasn't like something he right, was Right, like, and he did not like it. Now, I don't know the, one time I read about Bugsy Malone, I just read about him because all the movies, they're all uh, pretend, of course. They're movies, but they do share something in common. Like if you called him Bugsy, he'd freak out on you, stuff like that. It's archetypes. It's movie archetypes. Like, because there's always been these gangster movies and Bugsy Malone, the story's been told, or they're based well, on... But any Bugsy Malone movie you see, he's married, and then he falls in love with this Hollywood person who's not even a starlet yet. Um, and any Bugsy Malone movie you see, he makes the Flamingo Hotel. Um, you know, and he, he, like, people think he's crazy. He's building in the middle of the desert where... Gambling is legal, sure, but who's going to ever go there? I heard in this um, movie he uh, creates his own hotel which offers free HBO kids. <laughs> it's free Disney Plus. Free Disney Plus. <laughs> so he says, I brought you flowers. And he goes, I'll see that Lola Tallulah gets them. That's Jodie Foster's character. Ooh, busted. Wait, isn't that also the name of this uh, person's channel, uh, YouTube channel? What? Lola. Uh, no, no, that's Lola Gulick. Oh, all right. This is, Lo- this is Tallulah. Tallulah. Oh, Tallulah. Yes. Oh, okay, that's a so great name. This guy right here is Damien from Omen Movies. Way to go, Damien. You got another role. Yeah, yeah he did. And pretty soon after. Hey, uh, see, uh, it's me, Damien, and calling in about Omen 3. Yeah, I think they're going to go with a different 12-year-old. What? My career. What? I'm Damien. There was Damien. No, there was Omen. Then there was Omen 2, Bad Omen. Yeah. Then there was uh, Damien, Omen 3, or... Jonathan was... Scott Taylor is his name. Huh, is his name's. He went on to do Omen and Omen 2 and very little else, but I mean... Well, okay, I mean, so, as you know, the gang is de- dead, I guess. 
So what he's doing is he's making an ambush for Dandy Dan. He's like calling him up to say, let's get together and meet. And um, they'll basically be an ambush. And Knuckles, he can't drive. So therefore, they've hired Bugsy Malone for 200 bucks to be the driver. Bugsy now Malone. we'll have the sexy song. My name is Tallulah. My first rule of thumb. My name is Tallulah. My first rule of thumb. I don't say where I'm going or where I'm coming from. Now you hear how high the voice is, right? And I also see that it doesn't match the lips. Right, not at all. Now Alan direct Alan Parker directed her to be this sultry, deep voiced, you know, femme fatale. And then, no, she's not really a femme fatale, like a gun mall kind of lady. And then when this song showed up from Paul Williams, it's like, my name is Tallulah. And Alan Parker was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh <laughs> but what could they do? They had to go with it. So he was a violent, you're, you're painting a picture of a very angry director yelling at children for, for 12 weeks. Well, no, he he yelled at that one girl to get a performance out of her brown in order to get her to have an angry scene and then he was yelling at the sky when he heard that so he didn't yell at a woman uh, he didn't yell at jody foster or something oh he yelled at paul williams well paul williams was in america making the songs and sending them over during production so they Weird. were like stuck with whatever paul williams made as a matter of fact alan parker wrote songs for this movie and he met uh the producer uh alan park um david putnam in this hotel and they had a piano there and he played him the song and then <laughs> david putnam said we really need to get a professional songwriter <laughs> <laughs> well you know uh, alan parker wrote this script and he won best screenplay this won a lot of awards uh yeah i mean this movie is like it is a weird movie like people know of it like it, it is a mm-hmm. distinguished venerable film that like ultimately no one's really seen the whole way through or um it won an oscar for best original score and that was paul williams which is ironic haha uh-huh. parker got denied well now, you know, we have the oscars but apparently there's a british academy BAFTA. of film the british uh american film Television awards. This received eight nominations and it won Best Supporting Actress for Jodie Foster, Most Promising Newcomer to Leading Films, that's also Jodie Foster, and Best Screenplay for Parker himself. Wow. I don't know why he wasn't proud of this. It won Golden Globes, it won those BAFTA awards. Well, it, yeah. Huh. I don't he know. He should have been proud of this film. Well, does Scott Baio, like, you, so you saw Where Are They Now? Is everyone proud of their kind performance? Kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. We got, we met up with Fat Mike. What's his name? The little Fat Sam. We went up and met Fat Sam later. Fat well, Sam, Fat ow! Sam, <laughs> Fat Sam tried real hard to get a career out of this. And I would say he was slightly successful because he went on to be on um, Fish, Wow, he must have been one of yeah. those kids that Fish was taking care of on the sitcom Here it Fish. Is. He was in Fish in 1977, and he was in Barney Miller in 75. Probably as a kid from that, that Fish knew, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. So Fish was a character in Barney Miller. Fish had a kid. 
And then Fish had a spinoff called Fish where he took care of a bunch of kids. So right, that kid must exactly. have said, join in. And he's like, hey, Fish, meet my friends, guppies. Fish is guppies. That was the name of the show. But then they had to cut it. Fish is guppies. Yeah, those okay. are his kids. Now, here they've hired like one of the worst gangsters in all of Chicago. And he's ready to ambush uh, Dandy Dan. Wow, I love these cars. Even if, yeah. I mean, I love the fact that there's like men pushing it behind you. It's like, fuck you guys, give me your lift. <laughs> now, you should hear the dialogue between the two of them. It's pretty, pretty good. Did you give your lift driver five stars? You, Sam. How about a small dose of straight talk, Dan? So it's me. You've been taking liberties. I've been taking what's mine. Trouble is, it belongs to me. Too bad. Uh, I'm sure we can talk this over sensibly. I'm a businessman. You're a dime a dozen gangster, Sam. Now button your lip, mister. You don't talk dirty to me. I don't like your mouth. All right, enough of these kids. <laughs> All right. I think it's good. It just reminds me of elementary school on the schoolyard and just getting beat up by Dapper Dan. Now, this fat Sam in real life, I wouldn't say he was a bully, but... Yeah. He's he the worst was... kid in the school. That's how he got the role. That's right, and he was the boss of all those, you know, kids. He would, he would play. Him and Scott Baio would get into trouble. Scott Baio would go, you know what would be funny? If you threw this chair out this window. And he goes, no problem. And he would throw a chair from like a third floor, you know, at Pinewood Studios. Well, the, be a chair hitting the lawn. It is, a controlled, like it is a controlled environment. I mean, it's a set, right? Well, the, you're right. It was a controlled environment, and they were very serious about it, but they just couldn't watch 70 kids under 17 years old right. all the time. And they would sneak out and go to other places where they were making movies, like and they would, Bond. like, fuck up a camera. Or, oh, wasn't wasn't uh, uh, Star Wars Take a that? costume. They're like, hey, Wookiee. Like, didn't they, uh, cause they shot, didn't they shot Star Wars there? No. No. I, I don't know. Empire? I don't know. You could be right. A lot of it, certainly... Um, James Bond movies. A lot of it was shot in England. Uh, Empire Strikes Back and... Yeah. Return of a Jedi, certainly. So that was... Well, now, this was is real. This. They're going to go into a lake, and there's no stunts or special effects. They really go in. Oh, man. There's also... They had some ad-lib lines. We won't see them, but... They were so good that they put them in the script. Crash! Oh, no. Now, this going into the lake, they go into a chicken house here. Right, which and, as one does. <laughs> right, and... I hate trying to do chicken like, coops. Get the clock out of here! And he goes, <laughs> go cock-a-doodle-doo somewhere else! <laughs> Alan Parker thought that was so funny. He goes... Do that again next scene. Do that, you know. Yeah. And it became part of the script. Get the cluck out of here. That was ad-libbed. Yeah. yeah. That was ad-libbed clever by clucker. Uh, Scott Bayo. Uh, well, yeah, you know, who gives a cluck? Yeah. I always know that when I drive my jalopy through a uh, chicken coop, I get the maximum amount of hay and chickens on my uh, car <laughs> look, when I look. pull out. Oh, no, here we go. The famous lake scene. That's, see how he's all hurt? Yeah, That's he was real. hurt. Turn up the sound. Turn up the sound. I just want um, to hear Scott Bayo deliver his line. Get out of here, dumb clock, dumb cock a doodle doo somewhere else. <laughs> He's just that fucking laughing. That was genuine. Yeah. He goes. He goes. Here's two hundred dollars. 
And he also says, like, go to my tailor all month long for free. Get rid of that shopping bag you're wearing or whatever. Well, it's just great, man. That's what one thing is realistic about kids is that they do have good tailors. Oh, there we are. Here we are. We're going to go get some custom-made. Oh, they're adults. No. Right? No, these okay, are all kids. So, yeah, so this is one of know. those irrelevant on, Daddy, things I was talking about. This woman here, or girl, is all about her purple costume, and they don't like it, and there's, it has, there's no point to it. It doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Then Blousey starts having a daydream about going to Hollywood. So we're in the middle of this movie. We're at scenes two, act two to 17,000. Uh, Alan Parker really didn't follow the traditional Hollywood movie script uh, here. Uh, he does do an act one, act two, act three structure, but he doesn't follow the rules about character development and, you know. Yeah. So no one like so the movie starts off there's Scott Bayo. He does he run a nightclub? I don't get it. He's just like regular gangster and now he's a driver. See, that's the thing. He's just a person. It just he's he's not and they do this whole song about how cool Bugsy Malone is, but he's not a gangster, he's not um He's not you the know, real he's, Bugsy. He's an Malone. unemployed former boxing manager. It has nothing to do with the real Bugsy Malone. Okay, now she will daydream about being a Hollywood star. Right. Uh, you know, it's so working with a children cast, a children's crew is so tough because they can only work a couple hours and they have to go to, the, to their uh, tutor. Well, yeah, I guess I should tell you some information about that. Okay. A, lo a chief local welfare officer visited the set every other day to check and inspect that the correct procedures were being adhered to, and later he wrote a paper on the experience. He did? He was like, fuck Bugsy Malone. <laughs> every child actor working on the movie had to have an individual medical approval and working license. <clears throat> Paperwork to allow children to work in the movies was mountainous. More than 33 English councils, that means lawyer, were involved as well as bureaucracy in New York and Los Angeles. Wow. A lot of kids. Up involved. to six teachers were on hand during the production in a special full-time school adapted at a space in Pinewood Studios. The improvised educational facility had to handle various teaching grades and levels of students within a five-year age span and from two different countries. Wow. So they were having like shooting a film and teaching kids in, the, in there in the studios. Well, I mean, the teachers were on their own, and people shooting the film were on their own. <clears throat> but yeah, they had to, and like this is like a good Mike Spiegelman world, I would say, right? In which there's laws and well, rules, and and they're being adhered to, and they're I being guess, enforced. I guess, but I do question the the tutor the tutors because I do know that Scott Baio and, and Jodie Foster are flat earthers, and I don't know if they learned that when they were kids on the set of Bugsy Malone. <laughs> Are they really both flat earthers? No, no. Okay, good. Yeah. I was trying to say that's what they learned from the tutors. The world, it's flat. Oh, hanging around. So that daydream she had when she was a movie star and the guy got hit by a cream pie, he survived because it was a stunt pie. It was a stunt pie. 
That's right? Because right. in this world, if you get hit by a cream pie, you're dead. And then the yeah, I guess daydream. so, but we rarely see that. Uh, How do you handle the cream right. pie? How do you make the cream pie if it kills okay, you? Okay, by the way, we are looking at Black Park County Park. Is that in America? No. As a matter of fact, it's in Wetham, Buckinghamshire. It's pronounced <laughs> Wetham, Buckinghamshire. Oh, no, you got it right. Never mind. Yeah, is that so most of it was in Pinewood Studios, but they would go to this park to film as well. Nice. <coughs> a little park time for Bayo. A little lakey lake for Scott, for Chachi. Chachi loves lakes. Now, as you know, he got 200 bucks. okay? So this is enough to finance a trip to Hollywood. So now he's going he's gonna to tell Blousey about it. What, they live in New York City and they're going to drive to? No, they're going to fly. So here is, or maybe they'll take a train, I don't know. Here is, we used to call it GAF, Viewfinders, remember? Viewfinders. I never, so I never. This picture of Hollywood stars. What's that? You never saw that? No, no, they're, they're Viewfinders. You right. don't, yeah, we wouldn't read out the acronym. It isn't like L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> it's not exactly like that. Uh, you remember they were circular discs? Yeah, I know what you I had them, and you'd be click, click, and it'd be like the Eiffel Tower, and it'd be in 3D. Right. Click, click, uh, the Sphinx. Ooh, right. and a pyramid. Ah, it's click, click. Uh, you see this hug? Yeah. They had to do four or five takes, because in truth, she didn't like Scott Bayo. Really? She was the first. It was a frosty relationship. Now, the thing is, Scott Bayo, like, all the girls loved him. He was cute, and he was the star of the thing, and he sort of strutted around like he owned the place because they were all fawning over him. So that made her negatively react to him. Now, she wasn't supposed to have this part at all. The woman who was supposed to be Blousey Brown, in all seriousness, while she, you know, during the rehearsal time, she had a growth spurt, and she was now taller than Scott Bayo. So they plucked her out of the extras. Wow, what a fall from grace. God, Hollywood's a cruel mistress. I mean, she's just like 12. (laughs) Couldn't help it. Sorry. Well, I mean, the one who lost the part still stayed on, and now she was the uh, the extra. She, like, swapped places with Blousey. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, now we're seeing Scott Bay. I guess I'm right. No, I mean, that's just... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what went down. Okay, now we're seeing Scott Bale get robbed two hundred dollars. But look at this guy beating up everybody. Yeah, he likes his job. I like my job. Punch, punch, no, punch. He's just a stranger. Oh, he just went and hit punch. Oh, wait, he is a good Samaritan. Right, and now Scott Bale is going to be like, "You've got a pretty good left hook there. You ever do any boxing?" He goes, no. Did you ever think about it? No. Do you know this gym? No. And he goes, you don't know a lot, do you? So now he's like, I could be your manager. You could be a boxer. And we'll have an irrelevant scene in which, you know, it's a musical number in which he gets trained to be a boxer. Well, and this is what we, you were mentioning, one of the inessential scenes of this film. Yeah, now what is essential about it is 
they become fast friends and he will help Scott Bayo throughout the rest of the movie. Yay, Scott Bayo made a friend finally. But the thing is, if you're writing a Hollywood movie, these are called it's those are are B players and what it's supposed to be you you go into act 2, you have your movie poster kind of moments and then you meet B players who really assist the character of the of A the player. main st- I don't know he's just he didn't follow the rules well he's helping Scott Baio with his uh, oh they're smashing shit up uh, right. all that now, liquor Dandy Dan's gang yeah. and they're taking another piece of Fat Sam's business away and he's going to get so is that Fat Sam's beat now is, is that, that all he has left is the club so he's going to go to Scott Baio for help now, was that moonshine or was that like root beer? Sarsaparilla? Yeah, it's like root beer, but you're right. It is, this is like analogous to prohibition. And right. so, it, yeah, but it's soda. Okay, so here's the police detectives and they found a tire track. Yeah. And so they'll be able to trace the car. You know, they see all the carnage of, of cream pies. So they're getting out the plaster to make a mold of the tire track, okay? Uh-huh. Oh, that's weird. I'm a tired of this movie, too. <laughs> now watch what happens. Oops! Oh, no! Oh, the, the, police, the police chief gets plastered. But they slipped on a lethal weapon. Yeah, they did. His foot should have blown up or died. Now Sam gets the news I'm that all- is... His uh, moonshine's gone. They tied me up. He goes, get down here right away. He goes, I can't. I'm all tied up right now. He goes, I don't care how busy you are. Uh, I was going to say, I'm all tied up, but uh, I kind of like it. Oh, no, he's all plastered. He's all plastered. And they're like, we'll get you out of there as soon as we get to the station, boy. They really did plaster that poor kid. Yeah. Now we have our irrelevant boxing sidetrack but we get a musical number out of it i guess yay another musical number i'm boxing a child well you know back in school we we would settle fights back in the in the boxing match you know i I would just have fights you wouldn't take your eight-year-old friend and go fight him in the boxing ring no we would fight after school wherever Huh. Um, I, I was I had one embarrassing one and two successful fights. Oh, that's much better than my ratio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what one time I was at Montclair High, yeah, and I was fighting Steve Lombardi, and it was all Tom Kroll's edging us on. You know, like Steve wanted to be, you know, like he was pitting us together. I guess Carl's my best friend now. Stuff oh, like that. that Tom Kroll. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So Lombardi was going at my face and I couldn't get in. So I just took my hand and I swung it like a like Pete Townsend when he does his guitar uh-huh. and it bumped on the top of his head. Uh-huh. And what it did, Steve Lombardi went down. And I was like, Yay, hero, yay. Right. I was just lucky. And he's had concussion ever since. But that's enough about Steve Lombardi. <laughs> wow, yeah, no, I I've Listen, honestly, one of your other successors was probably even fighting me. You didn't even know it. I didn't know it. I uh, no, it was Jason. We we didn't really go to high school together, Mike. 
Uh, It was... Oh, go ahead. You can listen to the song for a second if you want. Destroyed his hopes. Okay. Anyway. You did it. I did. Let's do a sec. It's all about this guy being apprehensive to get into the ring and get beat up. And all these guys going, come on, let's show them the ropes. Let's beat up this dope. (laughs) You know. That's cute. I like that. Boxing was big in the 20s. So a rope 30s. walks into a bar, and the bar says, we don't serve string here. So the bar, a string rope goes into the bathroom, uh, pulls apart the edges of his hair, and and walks back. Oh, and then uh, ties himself up, and he comes back, and the bartender says, what are you doing here? I told you we don't serve rope. And he goes, hey, I'm afraid not. Okay. That's the joke. But in my yeah, but- version, he said... Uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to tie my... Uh, string cheese. Uh, yeah, no, uh, silly string. Silly yeah. Because he's being naughty. That would be the part of the oh, silly. Oh, not. He's being naughty. He's being naughty. Yeah. Yeah. Germans tie their shoelaces and... With Velcro strips. Nazis. Oh, little Nazis, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's finally get to watch some kids get beat the shit up. Uh, we did that on Fish Burgers. I, you hadn't joined yet, right? Little that Rock. Was little Rock. Stick a move. He had Rocky Five where he was yeah. fighting his kid. Come on, Little Rock. Little Rock. Stick a move. Stick a move. Oh, now Little Rock. Knuckles. I remember what that Fish Burgers. What they're trying to do now is make a um, splurge gun. Okay? Make their own. And uh, Knuckles is basically going to get blown up. Knuckles went on to be in Jabberwocky. Oh, the Terry Gilliam film? Huge. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? I don't know. I have not. And should I? I mean, it was a huge film at the time. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, it's uh, a medieval, low-budget film. So it definitely looks low-budget and definitely looks medieval, you know? Should I do it? Yeah. Okay, that's a no. I'll stick with Zapped. That'll be your movie recommendation. Uh, I did not recommend Zapped. I recommend Zapped again, the sequel. Oh. Won't I need to see Zap to be in context? I guess you're right. Yeah, you wouldn't really, you miss a lot of details because it is Zapped again, so it would help to see Zapped. <laughs> that's like another 48 hours. Why would happen to Marissa at 48 Oh no, not the cabbages. Yeah, that's right. They're taking the cabbage racket now. Is that supposed to be like money laundering? I guess. I'm not sure. And okay. Here's Tallulah in the office with her boyfriend, Fat Sam, and he's getting the news. And he's like, I'm ruined. I'm ruined. They've taken everything, Dandy Dan. You know what they said? They said, cabbage heads must roll. And they did. Yeah. He's got his orange juice. I, you know, he's been hitting that juice uh, pretty strongly lately. Yeah, he's hitting the sauce. Hitting the juice. Hitting the juice. Got cut down. He definitely looks juiced. Let's listen to him. He's calling Bugsy. He needs help. Bugsy Malone. Wait, I gotta... Because he's gonna say, get him poisonally. No, no Danny Foster's gonna make fun of his voice. Get him to me. Poisonally. Personally? Poisonally. Poisonally. Wow, savage burn. I thought it was a little funny. <laughs> Look at him. He's, she got him. She eviscerated him. Ladies... Scott Bayo. 
All right, is he going to walk in the door? And, oh, no, he's getting like a, a hatchet. No, a plunger. No, it's a broom. Help me out here. Oh, tripped on there. And he got to look up Jodie Foster's dress. Success. Rube Goldberg at his finest. <laughs> that wasn't a contraption at all. I just tripped. <laughs> is this her house? No, Scott Bayo was coming home to his house and he heard somebody inside. Oh. So he got himself that mallet to like, you know, but he tripped and it ended up just being Jodie Foster who is taking him to see Sam. Now, Blousey is thinking they're going to Hollywood, but the 200 bucks got stolen. Right. And Sam's going to proposition him. So Blousey's going to think, you had no intention of taking me to Hollywood. Another like... So this is Get why it's that scene. So this is why it's Blasi and uh, Chachi's story because it's it's a yeah. love story that never happens. Well, they'll, it will happen, but yeah. Okay, yeah. so now we see scenes in which Sam is cranky. So look, he laughs at him. Go ahead, let's listen. Uh. I'm sorry, I wasn't smelling at you. Honest, I was. Found my suit funny or something? No, boss. It was your flower. Oh, yeah, it is kind of droopy, ain't it? Yeah, a little, boss. <laughs> In fact, it's very droopy. <laughs> very droopy, boss. <laughs> Hold it a minute, will you? <laughs> you need some water. <laughs> Don't ever let me see you laughing at me again, you hear? I'll start ramming this right down your throat. I'm fat Sam. Don't ever forget that. Number one man, top Number one Mr. Guy. Big. Always have been, always will be. Now get out of here. Okay, you don't have to listen anymore. Now he's going to slap. Whoa! And no one's gonna laugh. And he's gonna, of course, blame the guy who's mopping the floor, not himself for being a klutz. All we're supposed to be seeing is that Sam is under pressure. He is under stress. He is just chasing the ha a staff around. So when I asked to put on the sound, you were like, "You, you sounded pained. Are you already done with this movie again?" No, not at all, my good chap. I have enjoyed. Uh, I, right. This is the best version of Bugsy. Like, why this is a delightful child gangster musical that I've ever seen. When it comes so to the, the thing works, is, of... you pick these movies, right? And then we go through these I, movies. Now I spend the week. Yes. Check, this is maybe the sixth time I've seen this. I, so you, I spend the week getting ready, and I research and everything. I'm ready to go. And I know. Like, oh, please. Listen, my part of... <laughs> I'm so done with this movie. No nonsense. Listen to my good friend. I have represent the audience. I am watching it in fresh eyes while you're guiding us through it. Of, of course, I am still delighted that we still have another 45 minutes of this film. Of course. <laughs> Well, so you've—I think that watching those videos of like the kids talking retro, talking about it—that sounds like the most fun. Like, yeah, it was—it was interesting. You—you you learn a lot of stuff um, that you don't learn from the internet, you know. Right. And you can see their face and their tone and their inflection. Uh, like uh, Fat Sam really was—they uh, were a little scared of him. He was from New York, and all, <laughs> all, you know, in England. All of the crime shows that they saw took place in New York, where every New Yorker was a murderer. You know, in their uh, in their eyes. Uh, to this day, so, Law and Order, like you know, keeps the keeps that vibe going. <laughs> One of my favorite shows, or I love it when it's like he attracts like a <clears throat> Night Stalker. It's like I write a newspaper column about the paranormal events that occur in uh, this city. Right. Yeah. 
or like criminal attempt. They check the sexual cases of San Francisco every week. There's like another kid. It's like, man, that must be a terrible place to live every week. There's like, yeah, yeah. right. I like poor Angela Lansbury, but no one wants to live next to her. She wrote, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be friends Absolutely with moonlighting. Not. Yeah. Uh, Scott Bayo said making this film was awesome, a kid's fantasy. You get it to dress up as a gangster. You get to yeah. shoot guns to fire with green. You get to drive cars with pedals and look like real cars. You get to talk like a grown-up. You couldn't ask for a better big first gig. Talk about getting you hooked on the business. It was fantastic. Well, I, I know that he was in Roller Boogie or like, what was that movie? It was a roller disco movie he was in. And then he did an after-school special in the 80s. Like It was like... Uh, crazy uh, senior high school senior trip it was an after school mm. special movie or something well by that point uh, I think he was on Happy Days was... say again I think by that point he was on Happy Days though because Happy Days was what like 76 77 it must have been after this oh yeah good question Happy Days in which, but he I think he showed up a little late but oh you're right yeah because it was uh Fonzarelli's cousin. There was a Lenny cousin. and Twiggy uh, spinoff he was part of, too. Uh, really? Or am I wrong? Maybe I'm thinking of Joni Loves Chachi and, and Squiggy was on it. Do you I re- just remember this really funny screen where Squiggy goes up to the to the, the jukebox and he hits it, you know? Nothing happens. He goes, oh, I always work for that kid in Milwaukee. What was his name? And Bayo was like, Fonzarelli. Like, yeah. <laughs> he hit it again. Oh, yeah. Well, we all remember that kid from from Milwaukee. So do you remember, like, so Joni Loves Chachi, the other star that was uh, Aaron Morris was her name? Aaron, uh, and... Uh, right, and she, Aaron Moran, maybe? Aaron she, Moran, yeah. And, and she, <clears throat> she was not uh, into like the Happy Days reunions and stuff. She was always the, the problem one. Just like Cindy was a problem for the Brady Bunch. Right. Um, she was the one who'd never play ball. Well, what was it? She passed away. And I, there was some story about like them not showing up to the funeral or something like that. I don't remember. I wish yeah, I... It, she was, there was some problem there. She was uh, frosty or something. They, they didn't like her. Um, the feeling was mutual. Okay, so... <clears throat> Here now, Fat Sam has said, look, you've got to help me. My organization is not just dying. It's dead. The last place I have is Sam's, uh, Fat Sam's Speakeasy. So you got, I got to do something. So I'll hire you because you're no dummy, all right? Oh, yeah. And so what they're doing is they went to Dan, Dan's house. They spied, and they found out where the splurge guns the source, like where they're coming from. And so they're now going to go to the docks, the pier in New York, where the guns are stored and do some research. Oh, Pier Gun 42. Yeah, Pier Gun Gun 42. Yeah. (laughs) In 76, it was announced that there was going to be a television series, and it would be filmed in Dublin, but it never never happened. It didn't come to fruition. Wow, I would watch that totally. A TV version of this? I hope uh, one of the streaming services is listening because that's what the world needs today is fucking, can you imagine season six of Bugsy Malone? Yeah, right. Yeah. And another problem with it is kids grow up fast, you know? Yeah, you oh, absolutely. You see a kid one year, you see him two years later, it's not the same kid. 
you could always do like a uh, animated version or like a CGI right. version. The Simpsons, you know, they so the kids were 30 years because they were animated. Same age for right. 30 years. So you could technically have 30 seasons of ch- children gangsters. Okay, so here they are at the pier, and you see the bad guys? They're all in catcher's uniforms with baseball bats. Now, this it's is like the style of the time. guards. This is the only thing that survived 100 years is baseball. <laughs> so much survived. Well, not not fur coats. For men. Okay. On, on their way to sports. A million things didn't survive, but I mean... We still have boxing. We still have skyscrapers. We still have phones. We still have cars on the streets. We still have airplanes. Yeah. Okay, so they realize there's just too many people. We would need an army to invade this place. There's no way. But luckily, they stumble upon a soup kitchen, and now the premise is he's going to sing to them, you think you're down and out, come join us. And and take these splurge guns, you know, like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, Go so ahead, they, listen to the song for a second. All right. Hello, homeless children. I have an offer for you. That Bowie, uh, yeah, more right. like Scott Bowie. So it's funny. Is he's singing with this man's voice, and he goes... Then with this kid's voice, he goes, come on, guys. Now, this looks like Pink Floyd, The Wall that I know, directed by Alan Parker. We don't need no, no thought control. Oh, I saw that song on a movie trailer for the New Mutants. They had like a, a sinister version of, of uh, hey. Brick in the Wall? Yeah. The brick in the Wall? Because it's, it's an education place, and then they show the education place, and they're like, we don't need no education. Hey, I could just substitute Pink Floyd the Wall for this movie and just enjoy it. You always know that story about if you play Pink Floyd the Wall and Wizard of Oz at the same time, you're a big yeah, fucking loser. Yeah, told me about that. It, like, syncs up or something. Yeah, I used to have a joke. I used to say, if you do that, you're a big fucking loser. Did you hear about that? But uh, yeah, so it was sync up. But I would bet you if you play Pink Floyd the Wall, it would just be the same thing, like for this movie. So him inspire they he inspires them to like come and help him take all the splurge guns. I don't understand why or how this works, but that's what happens. Well, that's good for him. So the, the soup kitchen denizens are going to do a dance on their dinner table and then they're going to pick up the splurge guns. Right. Then they're going to go get the splurge guns. <laughs> now, we have an interesting tie to our uh, show here. All right. Is there a Star Trek um, I guess reference? I won't ruin it. Well, I'll, okay. When I saw this actor's face, his name is Babyface. And when I saw his face, I said, wait a minute, he looks so familiar. So I, I looked up Babyface, you know, I looked from the cast of this movie, and I found a very interesting, he was in one of our other films. Is he Chad too? I'll see him first what? and make a guess. All right, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to guess it's Chad from Chad too. But, but right, Garrett is in everything, right? Yeah, he was in the Infiltrators. 
What is it, Nigai again? Garrett. Oh, Garrett, uh, Brad Garrett. Uh, the Annihilators. Yeah, the Annihilators. No, Garrett's his first name. Oh, Garrett Ray. Am I wrong? No, you're right. right okay, so now they need Babyface to go. So they're all doing that. Tell Babyface, tell Babyface. Right. And he's like, wait a minute. Oh, I'm Babyface. Get Babyface. Get Babyface. You see I his face? Do you recognize him? Oh, it's De- it's Dexter Fletcher. Bingo! Good Holy one, Mike. fucking shit! I always knew there was something weird about that guy, and here it is. Okay, baby face, you know what to this do. This is his first role ever. Come on, will you get out there? Yeah, right. Now you know that he went on to be the director. He finished Elton John's film. Oh no, he did Elton John's film for the entirety, but it was the other bio uh, musical oh, bio. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, he took over from Ryan Fisher, a singer, because Ryan Singer was having all these sexual allegation charges against him, and he was just toxic on the. He was toxic on the set, apparently. Like it was just uh, the star didn't want him on it. He's ten years old here, and this is his first role ever. Yeah. And he did Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, but we know him because he was in uh, Twisted Obsession, a.k.a. Sonia de Mono Loco, with uh, Jeff Goldblum, one of my favorite movies of all time. 1989. That's one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Is that sad? Yeah. I don't know. It's sad, but it's weird. Oh, come on, Dutchie. Who's so... They lure them all in here chasing... Baby face and lock them in so they can get in and get the guns. Ingenious. But they don't just take all the crates, they put them in bags so that Dandy Dan and his gang think all the crates of guns are still there. Oh, so right, because the boxes are still there. Because they need, they need to get surprised at the end. We got all the splunge guns we need. Splunge, right? No. Now, in the end, it says all characters and incidents portrayed and the names used in this film are fictitious and any similarity, blah, blah, blah. But how can they say that? Oh, he's going, he's going, my name is Tallulah. He's pretending to have girl hair. (laughs) Well, that's what you do. You have a movie. It says, here's a movie, Carl. And nothing to do with Carl. And then you go, eh, it's fictitious. It's a work of fiction. It's a total coincidence. But it says names. It says any similarity to the names of characters or history of any person is entirely accidental. It can't be. They can't say that. It's Bugsy Malone. But it's just a coincidence that the gang, it's the gang's, it's like having a cowboy named John Wayne. You know what I mean? Like, or having a movie star actor named John, I don't know. I guess you you're don't right. No, because if I made a movie yeah. about John Wayne, well, and then at the end I said all characters are fake, I mean it's not. You would make a movie about a movie star who is best known for westerns, <laughs> and his name happens to be John Wayne, but he's not John Wayne. Happens, right? Happens to be. <laughs> uh, here we go. Look at this. You know, I went to this place. They carded me. Can you believe that? <laughs> Just speak easy. They thought it's illegal. Why should they card me? I'm, I'm only, you know. Okay, now, what's happening is everyone's like, places, get ready! And they've all got splurge guns. Yeah, they're all pies. waiting. Oh, look, they got the pies at the table waiting. They are ambushing Dandy Dan. I, you know, at, the, at Fat Sam's Nightclub, at the end of the night, they call you your dad. Instead of calling you a cab, they call your dad to pick you up. <laughs> and then there's Babyface's last scene. They're coming! They are coming! Dexter Fletcher, ladies and gentlemen. 
Yeah, wow. you love that, man. Uh, he's, well, because he's such a weirdo. Like, he, I've seen him in Terminal. I've seen him, uh, of course, he played soap in Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels. But he has this career in Europe and in Great Britain, I guess, and that I just am not aware of. He's a director of other stuff, you know. So anything right. he's in now, I'm interested. So now they're like, okay, play the music. They're coming, you know. So everyone, and he's giving them a little pep talk. This is the big one. This is the caper. I love these mustaches these kids have. I don't think I could ever trim a mustache like that. Oh, they're doing that thing <laughs> with your knees. We're in 1920s flappers, and we're doing that thing with our knees. Now Sam goes, okay, everybody, give it to him. Oh. Now, this was the very last film they shot after all, you know, three, two weeks, two months of rehearsing and then 12 weeks of shooting. So everyone gets into the pie fight. The thing is, they knew, Alan Parker knew that this was going to destroy the set. So he made sure it was the very last thing they they did. And it's a free-for-all. The kids love it. Yeah, this is good. This is fun. Like, you get to... Summer memories. Summer memories, good one. Wait, did Jody see, got it. Did you ever see like a Ted or I think it was Ted too? No, it might have been Ted. Where uh, they would take photographs of Ted like smoking on a bong and they would like post it online and say hashtag summer memories. <laughs> I was smoking a penis bong. That was. A... These are the reporters calling it in, and some of them get blurred. So they all die. Now, Jody says, welcome to show business. Oh, she's, I don't know. Is that at an inside? That she's covered in, uh, well, is show that business is tough. because it's, um, she's a singer in the thing. Okay, so now Dandy Dan is dead. All his people are dead. And all these people should be dead according to the rules of the movie, but they're fine. Right, because they're covered in pie. She even made a little wisecrack after getting hit by it. She should. Right. They disappear and then coins pop out of their butts, and then Sonic the Hedgehog runs up and collects the coins. I've seen this movie. This is the laws of. They break their own movie role here because everyone's alive and they're going to. They're all going to dance gonna away. They're going to sing the Fat Sam. Uh, it's a song called A Little Love. Yeah, look at Fat uh, Sam. He's covering it. Go to Fat Sam's oh. Nightclub, the best put, put underage. On, uh, not yet, not yet. Uh, Aren't there bars for kids, like juice bars and <clears throat> shit like that? And don't it make you feel glad? Okay, so now it's basically uh, the big, you know, in the end there's dancing songs and smiles. And they're wrapping up. Oh, hey. And they are concluding tw- 12 weeks of shooting here. Right. So they're happy, too. And we are now concluding uh, six days of research from Carl. I think you told me a little late, right? Well, we had originally picked a different movie. And uh, well, we, we left it up in the air. But we are, I did, okay, I for sure saw this four times, so maybe this is my fifth or sixth. Let's hear it now. Let's hear the song. Maybe we'll be trusting it. We try to understand. No doubt about it. It must be worth it. 
Now they're gonna start singing about love. It's really kind of nice. Are they cleaning up half of the sets and the others? Oh no, I guess not. Everyone's covered with pies, and they shot this in order. Cause they really had to. Well, they have the 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 black kid uh, face all covered in white uh, cream. Yeah, I'm sure you think that's intentional. Yeah, I do. Oh, so here they're going to sing the love song. La, 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 la. We'll love you. going to be remembered for the... I think it's love. La, 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 la. Well, that's nice. After all that fighting and gangsterism, they're saying, kids, you know what? It's all about love. Yup. All right. This is a good movie then. I take it back. How, how, what other Alan Parker movies did you see? I, I saw Shoot the Moon, which was he did after Pink Floyd the Wall, which was about a, a couple having a divorce and they had a kid. And I, I watched mm-hmm. it, and the kid's bedroom had a uh, Pink Floyd the Wall poster. And I said, oh, that yay. Yeah. This song keeps going. Going. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right, so Bugsy with Scott. Teddy Foster's third bill. John Cassini from John. Brooklyn. I could go to Brooklyn now and bump in there. Well, we've, good job. Uh, good job to all the children, uh, all the kids, yeah. and I guess the cast and the crew to, to make this movie happen. Because there's that baby face, Dexter Fletcher. So, what'd you, so you thought, you, Carl, what'd you think of the movie? Well, usually I do not like these movies that you choose, you know, but are good for your show. But no, I enjoyed this film. Um, it was very stupid, and it was good. Oh, I'm glad. Well, that's what I am and, for. And the, it was a good choice to make them all kids. It was an interesting twist, you know? Yeah, because it is a play on more of the, the spirits of movies of gangsterism instead of the actual inherent mm-hmm. vices, vices of gangsters. Uh, so there was definitely, like, a good feeling of uh, uh, fun, like playing, play acting, like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Cowboys and Indians. Uh, as it were, you're playing gangsters and uh, uh, saps. Anyway, so yeah, all right. Well, that was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on YouTube. This is the whole premise of the show. Uh, Carl, next week uh, we are doing uh, live shows. I was going to say, so what, what What shows do you have coming up? Carl, what shows do you have coming up uh, in your schedule? Uh, I have, uh, I guess I'll be performing at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the fifth annual uh, and then, <laughs> uh, and then what is it? Uh, Saturday the fourteenth, I'll be at the Northvale Diner in New Jersey. Very March nice. March fourteen. So and now then you're... March twenty-one, I'll be in Staten Island at uh, something like TikTok Club. I don't know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, that's perfect. So East Coast, West Coast, tri-state area. There's some plenty of Carl to check out. As we mentioned, Carl, Carl will be here. Stuff. We're going to do a show in person together, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to having you come up here, Carl. Me too. Uh, and that's really going to start, uh, kick off the first day of the San Francisco 5th Annual Comedy Festival. 
We have comics from all across country. There will be comics at each of our show. We'll be doing a special show. We'll, we'll still be uh, posting on our uh, podcast as normal. We'll still be streaming at 2 o'clock as normal. However, it'll be two one-hour shows, which is also open to the public, and you can learn more about that on Eventbrite. Just type in Mutiny Radio. Next week at uh, 2 o'clock, Carl, we're going to be watching Dante's Inferno, one of the new movies that reached the public domain. This is a 1924 right. 50-minute version uh, of it. <clears throat> I don't really have a trailer, uh, but could you give me a trailer to Dante's Inferno? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, people could just read the book, but... Uh, All right, hang on. Like... <clears throat> <clears throat> Shit, I have the original Italian. I don't know Dante's original. Inferno, what year? 1924. There's no trailer for it. But here, let me read the book. Dante's Inferno by Dante. Uh, there's feature film trailer. It's by, oh no, that says 2008. There's a lot of Dante's Infernos, I think. All right. So we're going to watch that. And then the second movie, which again, like if you just listen to our podcast as normal with God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find us. We'll be doing these shows. We'll be the two-hour block of our podcast. Will be the two one-hour shows. The second show, the one that's going to be at three o'clock, my best friend's party, the unfinished, not full length, unfinished first movie from Quentin Tarantino, where he buys coke for his friend. It's a great movie, and uh, we'll be. But it ends so it ends like that's it. He didn't shoot anymore. Yeah, well, you know what? It's so thirty. Funny. It's thirty-five minutes of entertainment, and we'll be talking over that with uh, special comics from around the country. So we would love for you to. Here's what you got to do: if you are, uh, go to Facebook, type in "Let's Watch a Full Length Movie" on YouTube. Join our Facebook page. I have a post that lists all the ways you can listen to it for free next week. All these live shows, how you can come and see us live and be part of our studio audience, and also how you can donate, pay what you can. If you can pay for all this entertainment, that'd be great. So you can go to our Venmo page at Mini Radio. And I think we still have a GoFundMe page. So we don't really yep. have any advertisement. That's why we're chattering on and on about how you can support the station and keep us going. Uh, so that's about it, Carl. I guess next time I'll see you, it'll be in person. Yes. Oh, looking man. forward to I am it. so looking you forward to it. Yes, I will be there. Uh, okay. I haven't told you yet. I'll be picking, <laughs> you'll be picking me up. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I'll be uh, just wait outside the curve, and I'll be uh, circling around be, the airport. I'll be sleeping in your bathtub. I haven't told you about it yet, but oh yeah, hey, no problem. Hey, listen, when I pick you up in my car, let me meet me at the Bart station. That's part of the airport, and then from there, I'll my, I'll I'll look for you. You can't miss me. I'll be reading a newspaper. Uh, I'll, on be the platform. I'll be reading Dante's Inferno for our live show alright ladies and gentlemen that has been our show our live show thank you so much uh, there's a special entertainment show at 4 o'clock so if you are streaming live check it out otherwise ignore I said that Carl see you next week audience see you next week yeah. thank you guys so much bye thanks bye bye let's watch a full length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been watching
Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Richard Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast and you can San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! I was just leaving the theater. 
1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior and I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. And I on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glasses. Smoking big spliffs and cruising that Cadillac on the freeway. Good feeling, I'll tell you. And I see Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face. 
Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long. 
with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. person to host this show. Everybody, put your hands together for Justin Lockwood! Keep it going for Pam! Thank you all so much for coming out. It's the last show of the night. Make some noise! We're smoking weed indoors. Yeah! A little bit of a surprise just to start the evening off. Uh, this is actually an intervention. You all need help. <laughs> it's the only way we could do it. This is amazing. Thank you all for coming out to Weed is Legal here at the Mutiny Comedy Festival in San Francisco. We're smoking weed inside. It's a shitty thing that this is a radio show. We need some... <laughs> doesn't translate over the airwaves. Everybody who's listening, you have no idea what this room of misfits looks like. <laughs> um, it's true. Uh, I was raised on a, uh, on a working pot farm in the uh, 80s up in Mendocino by hippie parents. My parents are, <laughs> yes, give it up for my mom and dad, sure. Uh, my mom and dad are real hippies, like authentic 70s hippies. If you want to know what my dad looks like today, just think to yourself, hey, what would it look like if the guy from the Zigzag Papers and Gandalf had a love child? That's what my dad looks like. Still here. Uh, let's see. I feel like we're two months into this year. We're two months into weed being legal. And I feel like we're already running out of things to infuse it with. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've gone through the, the food, the drinks, the candy, the lotion. I feel like we're running out of shit. My girlfriend and I recently tried weed lube. Anybody else, adventurous lovers? No, just me? That's fine, guys. I'll do this by myself. We tried some. That shit is strong. We tried just a little bit. Didn't even end up having sex. Uh, her vagina would not stop talking about this dream it had. Um, super annoying. Got the munchies. I just fed it potato chips all night. It sucked. It's awful. Um, yeah. Costco just announced they're going to start selling weed. No, that's true. They are. 
And it it really it really begs the question, you guys. Um, how much weed do you really need at one time? I mean, look, I don't want to get all judgy on anybody here, but like if you're buying weed and somebody offers to, I don't know, like help you to your car, maybe that's too much weed. Here's what I really want to know. What I really want to know is, um, what is that sample table going to look like? <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, sir, sir, sir. Hi, hi, how are you today? Hi. Would you like to try some Kirkland Kush? You want to hit this? It's good stuff. Can you imagine being stoned in Costco? I would lose my fucking mind. I feel like it would be cool at the time, but I feel like I would get home later sober.